Well, good evening. It is that time that I'm used to saying, if you love Jesus, honk your horn. But since I am not with you, I cannot tell if you're doing that or not. But just for the fun of it, make that sound if you would. I'd like for you, if you would, to get your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 8. I want you to see how that when we obey God, great things happen. And this is so different than what happened in chapter 7. In fact, let's go back to chapter 6 for just a moment and think about what did happen. So in chapter 6, God gave the Israelites victory in Jericho. And they were told to destroy everything and everyone. To not keep anything other than the precious metals and certain items that would be devoted to the house of God. And it looks like they did exactly what they were supposed to. And in fact, that chapter ends with the statement that the Lord was with Joshua. But then in chapter 7, we see something drastically changed. Because immediately it talks about how that, that Israel had sinned against God. And if you look at the passage, you're like, well, what happened? We don't see any type of uh, transition at that point. And so Joshua has another battle coming up. And instead of going to God and saying, okay, God, what do you want us to do this time? He just immediately sends out the two spies. The two spies come back and say, we don't need everybody to win this battle. Let's just take part of them. And so they do. They take a small group, and they wind up losing the battle. They even lost 36 of their men uh, that were killed in this battle. So Joshua is all upset. He falls on his face. He cries out to God, God, why did this happen? Why did you allow this to happen to us? And God made it very clear that it was not God's fault. It was their fault. He said, Israel has sinned against me. In fact, look at, if you will, in chapter 7, in verse 12. He said, I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. And then the next verse, the end of it says, You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. So Joshua has realized that somebody in the camp has sinned against God, and he doesn't know who it is. So God gives him the, the method of identifying this person. And throughout the chapter, we see that he does find out that it's Achan. And so Achan and his kids were taken out, as well as everything that they had gathered and all of their stuff. And they were stoned and burned. And uh, there was a, a heap of stones that were there, a heap of stones that was put there that was to symbolize reminding us that God is a just God, that God will punish sin, that God will uh, take care of those who disobey him. Think about the first time that we saw in Joshua, they had the heap of stones when they had crossed over the Jordan. And that time it was a sign of the miracle that God had done, how he had provided for them. This time it was a, a time of judgment. So in chapter 8, because this battle still needs to be taken care of, this place called Ai is still there in front of them. Uh, the Lord says to Joshua in chapter 8, verse 1, Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise. Go to Ai. 
That idea of do not fear, we saw that back in chapter 1, in verses 6 through 9. Do not fear, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and very courageous. Here we see that he's saying, you can't just take part of your men and claim the victory on your own. I want you to take all of them and do it the way that I tell you to do it. Take all the fighting men with you. He says, see, which means to understand, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. Now, I want you to notice something in verse 2. He says, you shall do to Ai and its king as you did in Jericho. As you did to Jericho and to its king. Now, we don't know what he did or they did to the king in Jericho. If you go back to chapter 6, we see how that they had uh, taken the city when the walls came down. They had taken the sword and killed everybody. But we assume, if you just look at that passage of Scripture, that also the king was also slayed by the, the, the sword. But we don't know that for a fact. And we'll come back to that in a few moments. But just keep that thought in your mind. This time in verse 2 of chapter 8, unlike what we had in Jericho, this time he says you can collect spoil. You can plunder this area. You can take of its spoil, its livestock, and keep for yourselves. And he gave them the method of attack. You are to do this by using an ambush. So in verse 3, Joshua and all of his fighting men, uh, they rose up to Ai, and, and Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men. 30,000. He wanted to make sure that he did it exactly how God wanted it done. In verse 4, we see the plan laid out as far as the ambush. In verse 4, you shall lie in ambush against the city behind it. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you remain ready. And I and all the people who are with me will approach the city. When they come out against us, just as before, we shall flee before them. And they will come out after us until we have drawn them away from the city. For they will say, they are fleeing from us just as before. So we will flee before them. Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God will give it into your hand. And as soon as you have taken the city, you shall set the city on fire. You shall do according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded you. Now, again, if you're watching this by a movie, you're thinking, please do this right this time. Don't mess up. So we see the ambush is, is planned out. And if you read through this passage of Scripture, you'll see that uh, they did it according to what they were told to do. Everything looks good. We see how they, draw, they drew the people out. The people from the back came in, and, and so the, the people of Ai were trapped. They had people on one side and the other side. But look what happens in verse 23. They took the king of Ai alive and brought him to Joshua. Now, again, we just don't know what they did to the king in Jericho based upon what we read. 
But evidently this was the right idea because we see later on that Joshua hangs this king until evening and then takes his body down according to what God said. We don't see any more uh, judgment as far as God saying, you messed up again. We don't see how he uh, said that Israel has sinned against me. We see that he followed the rules. The the people of Israel had uh, burnt the city. They had taken the stuff that was available to them. We see in verse 28 that he, Joshua burned Ai and made it forever a heap of ruins as it is to this day. And he hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. And at sunset, Joshua commanded. And they took his body down from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the gate of the city and raised over a great heap of stones which stands there to this day. Now, here's the part that I want you to think about as we say, okay, how does this apply to us? Look at the equation. Israel sinned. God gave them a chance for repentance. He gave them instructions. They obeyed Him. Now what do you do? When God gives you victory, do you just keep going on or do you stop and celebrate through worship? Do you stop and and give all the credit and glory to God who gave you the victory? Look at verse 30 of chapter 8. At that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel. He built an altar. He took these stones, and it talks about stones in the next verse that were uncut stones, stones that nobody had used to weld iron on, stones that were were not damaged by uh, people working around them. These, These uncut stones... These natural stones were brought together, and and he made an altar out of it, and he began to worship God, as it says, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded them. And they offered on this altar, the last part of verse 31 says, burnt offerings. And they sacrificed peace offerings. When, when God blesses us, do we, do we give Him offerings of praise? Do we, do we give Him sacrifices of thanksgiving? Or do we just say, thanks God, I appreciate it, and go on? Joshua really went the right direction. I wish that every one of us could say, that when God blesses us, we do the right thing also. Sometimes we think that when God blesses us that it's just for our benefit, but that's not the way that God works. He says, I will bless you. You will use the blessing that I give you to bless others, and because you have blessed others, I will bless you again. And that cycle keeps going on and on and on. Joshua and his people, they built the altar, they gave the sacrifices, the burnt offerings. On the altar in verse 32, it says that he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. 
Again, this was a moment unlike before where they had disobeyed and, and God said, Israel has sinned against me. This time they're doing it and they're focused on God. God, you gave me the victory. You gave me what I have today. Listen, if you're a Christian, how can you not rejoice in the fact that God gave you life through Jesus Christ? How can you say that you are a Christian because of your own work, your own ability, your own deserving nature? It is not any of those. We have a sinful nature apart from Christ, and through Christ we have that new nature. And we should always be, thanks be to God, not, wow, look at myself. After he wrote these uh, words on the stones... It says in verse 34 that he read all the words of the law, all of it, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. You know, when we read the Bible, how often do we like to read the blessing part and skip the other? Oh, I just love it when God blesses me and gives me this and does this for me. I just love it when God makes me feel good. I just love it when God does this and does that. Listen, we need all of the Scripture. We need to understand, like in Deuteronomy, all those great verses that say, if you obey me, you'll be blessed. But in that second half of the chapter, he says, but if you disobey me, you'll be cursed. And he gives all those examples as well. We need to understand that, yes, God is love, but yes, God is also holy. He is loving, He loves His people, but He is also just, and He's righteous. And because He is righteous, sin has to be dealt with. And again, praise be to God that 2 Corinthians tells us that His Son, Jesus Christ, became sin so that you and I could become His righteousness. Jesus bore the wrath of God in order to give you and me life eternal. How can you not thank Him? There was not a, law, uh, there was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read. He read it all. He had His people. They read the word together. They focused on the Word. They lived the Word. Are we doing the same thing? For just a moment, if you would, turn back to chapter 1 of Joshua. Again, look at those four verses I mentioned earlier. Chapter 1, verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you will be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Before we close tonight, 
leaving the book of Psalm, uh, the book of Joshua, turn to the book of Psalms, please, chapter one. Just these three verses. Thinking about what we just read in Joshua, see how these tie together. The Word of God is so important that we meditate on it day and night. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. All that he does prospers. Are you like that tree planted by the water? Are you meditating on his word day and night? We have so many resources available to us to get the word into our hearts. We can read our Bible, we can hear our Bible, we can hear sermons, whether it be live in person or over the internet. There are so many different ways. We can talk to other believers and share our testimony. We can share our faith with those who don't know Jesus Christ. There are so many ways, but the question is, are we doing it? In this time of COVID-19, a lot of us have gotten separated from everybody. We don't have the same uh, fellowship that we normally do. We don't have that same amount of uh, intimacy, if you will. That, that fellowship, that, that love, that hug, that, that coming together and, and, and spending time together because of the isolation. Listen, we need to be reaching out. We have phones, we have computers, we have all kinds of ways to connect with people. Let's remind them that God is still on the throne, that God is faithful, that God is just, that Jesus is still the King of kings and Lord of lords. Let's remind them that all of these things are still true. And no matter what's going on, we will be like that tree planted by the water, yielding its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither if we meditate on the law day and night. That's what Joshua did. And look how victorious he was. Shall we follow in those steps, obeying and worshiping? That's the cause that we have tonight. Heavenly Father, help us tonight to apply these words. Help us, Lord, to make sure that we are grateful for every victory and that we immediately turn our eyes to you and say, thank you, Lord. And then we worship you. And we make sacrifices to you, sacrifices of praise, sacrifices of thanksgiving. And then we do this in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for those that are ill, those that are going through the loss of a loved one, those that are going through situations in their family that's causing great tension. Father, whatever the case is, I pray that you would be very uh, visible and very present in their cause. Help them to recognize your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.